Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Exurgat Deus et Dissipentur Inimici Eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. So this is kind of a continuation from yesterday's episode. And in truth, I'm recording them both on the same day. Um, the first one I recorded was a few things that I happened to notice. And actually it was, you know, based on an article from Zero Hedge. And the second one, this second episode, though it's being recorded on the same day, is kind of a continuation of the first episode, where I was talking about how it's a little bit too late for anything other than emergency preparation. The long-term shelter-in-place preparation requires significantly more resources, and now you actually, um, particularly if you happen to be in an urban area or near an urban area, um, you know, like you know, Chicago suburbs or, you know, or Newark suburbs or whatever, like those places, the suburbs of Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, etc., cetera, um, Alexandria and so on. Those places are not going to afford you the kind of protection that you think you might actually have. And being able to hunker down for a couple of months in those areas, if you haven't moved out of those areas, is probably not going to happen. And this is kind of a carry-on from that episode, which, by the way, huh, um, I'm still kind of smarting from the fact that the reason that my father doesn't listen to more of the episodes is because, quite frankly, the subject matter is too scary. Let that one marinate. I'm actually you know, one of the legitimately happiest people I know. I mean, aside from the podcasters and such who also equally talk about all of this stuff because we understand what's coming and that <laughs> our feet having been shod with the preparedness that comes from the gospel of peace kind of keeps us pretty pretty even keel. Um, and so for the most part, we're generally pretty much the happiest, like I'm the Catholic, but like the ridiculously trad podcasters, the ones who are talking about the most dire stuff, are generally the most happy people um, that I know. And I'm kind of proud to be kept proud-ish, you know, not in the not in the vice center, but you know, like it it makes me happy to be counted among them um, because I know that my own level of happiness is actually rather high, <clears throat> and that's. Not because I think I'm going to somehow miss this stuff. Some of this stuff downright terrifies me. But I refuse to be shaken. I refuse to be shaken. I know generally what I have to do. I know some of the specifics of what I have to do. And I know how I've gone out of the way to shelter myself as much as possible so that I can be as much of an aid to others as possible. <clears throat> but... This is scary stuff that we talk about. And the confirmation in that was the headline for John Henry Weston's uh, show, In Focus. And the headline is, Resisting the Collapse of Western Civilization. <laughs> this is Caleb the Mechanic 
with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelo, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraesidium. Imperate lideus supplicas de precamur, duque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum nentrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum, miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolus et Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Now, <clears throat> given the fact that I cover such scary topics, and admittedly, they are, one of the reasons why I get as passionate about them as I do is the fact that I desperately want to make sure that as many people know something wicked this way comes and how to be ready. Straight up. It also is very interesting to me because one of the things I like about the scope of people that I keep an eye on is I start with the people who are immediately like... Um, some would say, like, Catholic chicken littles, okay? And admittedly, I know I'm kind of in that category. Like, if you're listening to one of my podcasts and you've, ne and you've never heard any of the rest of the catalog and you don't know how far back this goes and you don't understand that I was doing podcasts back in July of 2020 on the World Economic Forum, if you don't understand that I've been talking about a lot of these globalist agendas all the way through to some, from, from when I started the podcast in July of 2020 all the way through to today and you just happen to glom on and be like, oh, hey, what's this thing about? And be like, holy crap, does he really believe all that's happening? Sounds like he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's bringing us through the ins and outs of all of these things and he's moving quick, you know, running through these topics really quick, diving down deep and actually digging this crap out. And so I wouldn't be in all honesty, like I wouldn't be surprised if some circles would try to fix the moniker to me of a Catholic Alex Jones, which I refuse to accept because I'm nowhere near on that level. Trad Cat Knight, Eric Kajewski is on that level. He's got that stuff locked in. The guy knows what he's talking about. Except the chemtrails thing. I'm an aircraft mechanic. I am actually specifically an expert on what goes on in the air. Just saying. Um, the chemtrails thing, not getting on board with. The, <clears throat> or more accurately, if you can see them, they're not chemtrails. It's that simple. A government who's trying to poison you and try to do some dastardly diabolical things doesn't want you to see it happening. So you're not going to see it happening. If you can see it, it's not a chemtrail. It's a contrail. Anyhow. <clears throat> items of key importance. The, <clears throat> the fact is, I couldn't possibly be like the Catholic Alex Jones, okay? Um, I don't have research teams. You know, I don't have dozens of people feeding me information. I've got, you know, I've got a few people who are like, hey, keep an eye on this, keep an eye on that. I'm getting some, some of these briefings um, in from some, of these other, from some of these other podcasts, Catholic and otherwise. And very important to kind of keep an eye on because it is flavoring the intel. But the broad strokes I put in place back in, I think in the summer of 2020, right around August, September timeframe, when I realized that all of this crap was already locked in. And that there were only a couple of conditions that would have to be met in order to change any of this. And likewise, there are a couple of conditions that have to get locked in here in the next couple of months in order to look like it's going to change anything. And oh, hey, by the way, based on the analysis I've done, even if those things are locked in and they do happen, those, they fulfill those conditions that may change, the statistical likelihood of any real change from the current path is sitting at sub 8 
10%. It's not zero, but it's not even a 10% chance. Sub 8%, and sub 8% at best, because my own personal opinion is that it's down around two to, it's somewhere between one and a half, well, 1% and 2%. I'm settled in at right around 1.2%. But I'm willing to concede that the, that the models actually give as much as an 8% variance. And so we have about, on the best chance, 8%, which is still less than 10%, which is way less than 50-50 which is where I prefer my odds to be if we're going to be gambling with hundreds of millions of lives. <laughs> Actually, I prefer to be somewhere in the 90 percentile, but, you know, you don't get to choose those things. It was about a 50-50 shot that 2020 was going to go somehow other than expected. And I got to be honest with you, 2020 did catch me a little bit by surprise because it was a 50-50 shot in my mind. And then that was the end of my optimism bias. My optimism bias kicks in at 50%. Anything less than 50%, and I'm going to say basically don't expect it. We're now at sub 10, right at 8%. I'm personally counting this as a 1.2% because there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't have confirmed enough, but I suspect is true. If you understand how that goes. So I'm looking at the imminent collapse of Western civilization. There's a non-zero chance that we can avoid it, but non-zero could still only be half a percent. Which basically, statistically, if you're at a half a percent, it's a hundred percent chance. So, <clears throat> the, the thing is, the reason why I like the fact that LifeSite and the InFocus show on the John, particularly be, uh, being uh, led by John Henry Weston, talking about resisting the collapse of Western civilization is because now it is becoming mainstream for us to understand that the, that the collapse of Western civilization, which was theorized among the Alex Jones types, is now imminent. The next ones to do a talk like this is probably going to be EWTN. Because LifeSite, literally, like legit, LifeSite News is the precursor to mainstream Catholic. They're not mainstream. They're pretty mainstream. They are not mainstream Catholic. They're fairly mainstream, but they're still not. They're like, a they, they would be a little bit less mainstream than Fox News, but keeping in mind that EWTN would be the Catholic uh, the Catholic equivalent of Fox News, because EWTN is not the equivalent of, N of NBC or CNN or MSNBC. Okay? So while those of you who are like, e EWTN is not Fox News, blah, 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 blah. No. On the spectrum, including mainstream, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, EWTN is none of those. Okay? In that arena, we have... America Magazine, the Jesuit rag, okay? EWTN is more similar to Fox News. Particularly more similar to Fox News than ABC, NBC, CBS, etc. They are not One America News. They are not Revolver News. Revolver News would be more like LifeSite. LifeSite News is more Revolver News. There is not really, in the Catholic sphere, a One America News. Church Militant would like to be, but let's be real. They're trash. Okay? Anybody who's still watching Church Militant may... Oh, I'm just going to leave it at that. We're going to try not to start any fights. I'm just going to leave it at that. LifeSite News would be more Revolver News especially since Revolver News is also another Canadian company. But Revolver News is well-known enough by even Fox News people to be credible. Likewise, LifeSite and EWTN, very, very, like, their audiences overlap ra actually rather significantly. From there, you had more trad and 
and it sort of spreads out. It's not really a left-right spectrum, so it kind of spreads out. And as you head away from LifeSite News to the more esoteric Catholic blogosphere, and I'm going to say blogosphere, and I know it's, and I know that's kind of a, a denigrating um, term. It's in particular when I include Remnant TV, Remnant News, and Remnant TV, because the Remnant newspaper precedes blogging altogether. So I hope that Mike, Matt, and his uh, and his people don't take this as an insult. It actually is simply laying out the spectrum. But as you head out off away from EWTN and like and kind of LifeSite News is sort of pinned in that area, Remnant is because they are so diehard trad. They're not in the, like like they're they're definitely allies with LifeSite, but you can't categorize them with LifeSite. Okay? LifeSite has been fairly Novus Ordo-ish, Novus Ordo adjacent or whatever. I and again, the recent transitions kind of make this hard to peg, especially since LifeSite was like one of the first people like, "Hey, wait a minute, here's Shia LaBeouf." So but from life, like LifeSite is much closer to EWTN than I would say Remnant TV is because Remnant TV has always been hardcore trad, even though Remnant TV predates EWTN. Okay. Um, or I should say the Remnant, the guys over at the Remnant predate EWTN. Um, and so you kind of head off into this spectrum of slightly lesser known agencies and so as you head off in that spectrum, in one direction, you have Remnant, um, you know, long-term hardcore trad, and then you get the newer guys, Restoring the Faith, Return to the Tradition, Trad Cat Knight, who's been doing this actually probably longer than most of the other online peoples, um, and kind of off in that direction. And, and but, you, but even amidst there, you've got like Pints with Aquinas and the, tra- and, uh, the Patrick, uh, Patrick Coffin, um, Taylor Marshall, etc. Kind of off in that spectrum, everybody kind of has their angle, their specialty, etc. But when it comes to things happening in the world, they vibrate out off on that fringe edge. Typically, actually, beginning with guys like Eric Gajewski over at Trad Cat Night and the Order of the Eagle, and then working their way back through, and then you and then you'll get you know the Tim Gordons, the Tim Gordons, and the Taylor Marshall. And Patrick Coffins and Pints and uh, what's his face? Is that Matt Fred Pints with Aquinas? I don't remember because I don't really watch. I don't really watch the show. Um, <clears throat> and then somewhere way off in the distance, somewhere corner of no and where you get Radio Free Catholic, which thankfully is off in the corner of no and where with my very very tiny audience, because I get a chance to watch what all of they're doing without actually embroiling myself in any of the, um, in any, in any of the fray, because I like all of these guys, you know, I've seen a few episodes of, you know, I've seen a little bit of Patrick Coffin and I like Patrick Coffin. I've seen Taylor Marshall and my biggest bone of contention with him is that he talks too slow, which I solved by putting him on a 1.25 speed and it's, and all of a sudden it's normal and I can deal with what, and I can deal with him. Um, because he's actually talking my speed. The and it's literally that is literally my only bone of contention. And all I do is I just bump up the speed on his podcast when I'm listening to his shows, and he's perfectly. It doesn't bother me at all because I don't find myself going get to the point, get to the point. He's speaking at the same pace I do. Um. But as you head out across there everybody kind of contributes their thing that they see that's going on and everybody's kind of looking at a different a slightly different angle of it but as you get closer to the EWTN end of the spectrum as you approach that end of the spectrum what you have is you have a lag time and so from the point when it goes from say Eric Gajewski over in Trad Cat Night and passes through say The Rundown or Taylor Marshall and then makes its way, as it gets closer to EWTN, your flash from way out here on the fringe to the bang at LifeSite News just before it hits the EWTN types. And EWTN will be a couple of weeks after, a couple, three weeks after this, at the fastest six months or more 
at the latest. Because the flash from LifeSite News to EWTN is the same flash as Revolver News to Fox News with some of the issues. Other parts of the issues, thanks to actually, thanks in large part to Tucker Carlson, other, other parts of the issue are really, really rapid. Like it hits Revolver News and then it hits Tucker within a couple days. And by that point, when it hits EWTN, when it hits Fox News, then you know 70 million people might be aware of what's happening. So, when it hits LifeSite, that first flash, however long it takes to get to EWTN or Fox News from there, that's when you know it started to reach the mainstream consciousness of the majority of people who are paying attention. And whether or not, and mind you, the majority of people who are paying attention, while yes, they're mostly not, nor, they're still really, I mean, Fox News is pretty normie, but it's not normie. Normie is when it actually hits everybody else who's gonna, who are at this point gonna be completely blindsided. So what I like to see is I like to see when it's all the way out on the on the ragged edge, because somewhere in there, because I neglected to mention Glenn Beck. So LifeSite hits it usually a little bit after Glenn Beck does, but they hit it before like Revolver News or EWTN. So when you're watching this stream, you want to see when things are really actually going to start to take place. You actually have to pay attention to when some of these bigger store, when some of these bigger media companies actually start carrying it. And I say bigger media companies, I don't know, I have no proof that LifeSite News is that much bigger than say Revolver News. Revolver News is not very large indeed. And you can even actually drop Tim Pool in there because Tim Pool, at least for the mainstream media side, Tim Pool is usually an indicator somewhere before Tucker. Because Tim and Tucker, while they don't agree on a whole lot, they do talk about a lot of the same stuff. Um, and you can sort of watch the flow. When it hits a greater portion, the, the significant minority, if not the majority, the significant minority that pay attention to things more mainstream, when it hits that point, you have to understand that that's also the point when panic can cause things to accelerate. So when it hits that point, you know that panic can cause it to accelerate. Doesn't mean that it will, but it's open. It also means, because usually when it hits that point, when it's the significant minority, that's when you can also expect all of those people who are on the diabolical side of this of this argument the world economic fora the or forum the the davos crowd the the fbi the white house justin trudeau when it hits that significant minority flashpoint that's when they're going to act and they may actually accelerate it anyway so Seeing John Henry Weston on his show In Focus talk about resisting the collapse of Western civilization, it speaks to the eminence of what's about to happen. It is a, confer it is a confirmation that what I've been talking about, what I've been trying to prepare people as much as possible for, is now... closer to being inevitable. I got to pick my words carefully when I say stuff like that. It's closer to being inevitable. It's about to Thanos out. And Thanos is actually the most adequate uh, uh, metaphor here. Because if you've seen the Avengers, the, the Marvel Avengers MCU from Iron Man or from Captain, Captain America up until Endgame, we'll give it actually up to Infinity War. The fact is, is that Thanos, the snap, and the destruction of half of the population 
that is the end game for these people. And it's not just a destruction of half the population. They would actually argue that a destruction of half the population would be a good start, like a thousand lawyers chained together at the bottom of the ocean. <clears throat> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why is Thanos doing it? He's doing it for the greater good. He's doing it because to cull half the herd in the universe, in his mind's eye, would actually cause thriving. He says, whatever it is happened on his planet, whatever. Honestly, legit, I don't care. The fact is, is anyone who's talking about culling the human herd, anybody who's talking about reducing the population, is a psychopath. Clinical psychopath. Completely removed from the way reality actually works. So who's in that crowd? Well, um, what's his name? Yuri Yuri Harari? I think is I think that's his. I don't care. Harari from Israel, that one skinny gay dude who talks about hacking the human machine. Humans are perfectly hackable animals. That Yahoo. <clears throat> People like him, like Klaus Schwab. Humankind can integrate with digit with the digital and technological self. Oh, shut up, dude. Plug yourself into the machine first. You sitting there, you want to do these things? Bro, Musk has got the technology. Go ahead and bend over and take it. He can go ahead and plug you into the machine. If, that's, if that is really what you think is the future, then you are, perhaps you are forgetting the fact that you are so crusty old that you yourself will never see the technology, see the light of day the way you envision it. It is absolutely impossible. The only way that you're going to see that technology be used, the way that you envision the fourth industrial revolution to really take hold, is if you yourself manage somehow to defy the odds and live to be 120 years old. Because you are so crusty old today that you will not see that technological revolution. So shut your crusty German Mouth, you Nazi. Ah. 
And yes, Klaus Schwab is the son of a Nazi general. So when I say that he's a Nazi, I really do mean he's a Nazi. And everybody who's actually leaning in on this stuff, like the only person who's not leaning in on the population bomb stuff is the guy who's actually developing the technology for their so-called fourth industrial revolution. And he is not on board with telling people that the population is too high on earth. He's the one coming out saying, we are looking at a population collapse and it is about to be catastrophic. And he's the one who's actually pushing forward with the very technology that they're hedging, that they're hanging their hat on. And whether or not, like legit, let's be real for just a moment, whether or not you think that the stuff that Elon Musk is working on is good or bad, what you cannot think is that he's on board with their agenda. He's not. You want to say he's on board with like the Freemasons old agenda? You know, the one back in 1992? Cool. I'm with you because that seems to be what he's on board with. But time and time again, and he put, and he, unlike many other people, he puts his money where his mouth is. He says, humanity needs to become a multi-planet species quickly in order to avoid total eradication because it's a because all we were sitting we were basically sitting in a pool hall with a whole bunch of rocks giant rocks that are aimed at us that may or may not hit us and could potentially wipe us off so what does he do he says we need to move to mars we need to we need to push to back to the moon and to mars and beyond and become a multi-planet species and what does he do he founds a company to do exactly that he says, artificial intelligence is the number one threat against humanity. And that eventually we could reach a crisis point where AI becomes absolutely self-aware and decides, hey, maybe humanity shouldn't be on this earth anymore. And so what does he do? He says the best solution to that is to integrate humanity into the high-tech world by directly linking the biological processes, particularly those biological processes in the brain, to those digital processes that are happening in computers around the world. Now, agree or disagree with his assessment, that is not the argument. When you look at what he does, What he does is he pulls the trigger and creates a company called Neuralink. And they've made some rather shocking strides. But he put his money exactly where his mouth was. He said, this, I believe, is the greatest threat to humanity. Boom. This is the other greatest threat to humanity. Notice, neither of those two is climate change. But oh, hey, by the way, to fulfill that whole deal, what does he do? He... He founds an electric car company. Specifically, if, if burning gasoline is causing damage to the environment, then maybe we need to come up with a car that doesn't burn gasoline. And when you take that in tandem with the Boring Company, which was his, which was his plan, you know, between that and the hyperlink, um, to connect people, to allow them to reduce traffic, what does he do? He founds the boring company. Why? To do the tunneling. It also subsequently says, hey, we may need to do a lot of digging when we get to the moon. We may need to do a lot of digging when we get to Mars because it might actually be safer for us to be underground when we get there. All interlinked. All of it in line with every single thing that he says. And again, whether or not you agree, unlike everybody else, who goes flying to places like Davos in their private jets to talk about how dangerous climate change is and how bloody disastrous carbon dioxide and methane and all of those other things are. He doesn't bother doing any of those. He just goes, well, if this is a problem, here's my solution. Here's Tesla Motors. Here's the Tesla electric wall. Here's 
you know, the Tesla mini, the, the, the tiny, the small houses that are completely, that are completely self-contained and cost $15,000. That is what he does. If this thing is a problem, here is my solution. And he poses a solution and founds a company and builds a solution to that problem. He wants to go to space. He found SpaceX and he starts and he starts launching rockets, making NASA look like the rubes that they've been ever since Jimmy Carter. You don't have to agree with him. I don't. He believes in evolution. <laughs> it's a non-starter for me, duh. But he sees a problem says, here's my solution. They were banging on the drums for the better part of a decade. We need to bring high-speed internet to people who don't have it so they have the capacity to communicate. What does he do? In tandem with SpaceX, he builds Starlink. So this way everybody can have internet. Cheap, fast internet. Don't got to agree with his morality. Don't got to agree with his politics. But you cannot refute that when he sees a problem, something that he sees is a problem, he develops a solution and literally finds, founds a company to solve that problem. All the scariness aside of some of the stuff that he's doing, the fact is, is that he sees a problem, he says, this is a problem, and then he founds a company to find a solution. The only thing he can't do is you can't found a company to make more babies. He says repeatedly, we're looking at a population collapse. It's going to be economically and scientifically, technologically disastrous. People need to be having more children, not less. Well, what company is he going to found to solve that problem? The marriage company? The family corporation? Like, you don't, he doesn't have control over that one. The only thing he can do is say, hey, people need to be making babies. They need to be having children. They need to have large families. And oh, hey, by the way, well, how do, how do you go about it? He goes, well, I start by leading by example. And he's, he himself, I think, has six kids with, I think, maybe a seventh on the way. Again, sees a problem, this is his solution. Not in the megalomaniacal way, because in all seriousness, what he could have done was he could have spent four years masturbating and filling up Petri and filling up those little sample cups and then sending it and saying, hey, you can have a child, you can have one of Elon Musk's kids, which would have been a megalomaniacal way to do to go about it. By the way, I really do hope you, like, I hope nobody's under the illusion that this is a kid show. <clears throat> but as a result, he's also very clearly not part of the club. And they don't even know what to make of him. I mean, you had a whole bunch of people at Twitter like, I'm leaving the company if he buys a company. And they're, and they're making that stand while they're standing there in front of their Tesla. Nobody said these people were smart. Nobody said these people actually thought. Too busy feeling. Use a healthy dose of stoicism. Probably help a lot of these people to chill out. Anyhow, all that notwithstanding, he's definitely not part of the club. Good, bad, or indifferent. Doesn't matter. But you can tell who the club is because the club are trying to destroy him. China came out and was like, we're going to start shooting down their satellites because their satellites are a national security threat. wonder how that's going to work. 
Will the federal government operate in defense of an American company's satellite constellation? 50-50 shot, who knows? With this, with this White House, probably not. Probably try to broker a deal where China can invest in Starlink and then steal all the technology and use it and use it for its massive surveillance program like they use TikTok. Oh, that would never happen. Apparently somebody's not paying attention to the news. We're in a weird spot. It's funny because occasionally I get asked, how do, how do you manage to keep all that crap rattling around in your head? So I'll put it this, I'll put it simply. As a young man, as a child, I wanted to serve something bigger than myself. And so I joined the military. And while I was in the military, I started to notice that things were going terribly wrong and that there were a, there were a significantly, there was a significant thing, a number of things that seemed to be increasing that were not the sort of things that I was fighting for. They weren't my, they weren't part of, they weren't part and parcel with my reasoning for going in the military in the first place. In fact, in a lot of cases, they were antithetical. Eventually, that would come to a head. And my head would be taken clean off by those things. And those things pretty much took over the nation. All of the things that I did not sign up to defend, by the time I'd gone to prison, had pretty much taken over my entire country. And while I was realigning myself, because, you know, to be sure, a lot of stuff wrong with my own life, a monster in ways that most, most people, even though I say it regularly on this podcast, but most of you would not comprehend the level of monstrosity that I was capable of. And as I was realigning all of that, I stepped back and took a break. I mean, I literally, I stepped back away from the whole thing. And then I woke up and looked out one day and I said, oh crap. It's all coming to pass. This was about three, four years ago. 2018, 2019. And I dropped anchor on the, at the, over by the truth, you know, near, near the foot of the cross and then basically been trying to climb down that chain to get near the foot of the cross ever since. But I dropped anchor there, and then I kept looking. And then I saw in the church what was going on. And then you could see the parallels in the church with what was going on in the world. And over the course of time, it began to click. Everything I knew was wrong. Everything I believed a mere three, four, five years before was absolutely wrong. And most people believed the same stuff. We have been under a diabolical attack for as far, far longer than anybody can remember. And it's because we don't even believe in demons anymore. Nobody really believes in the devil anymore. I mean, it's increasing. There are people who are beginning. Trads most certainly do. But you look across the you look across the board. You ask anybody in the rest of America, do you believe do you believe that the devil exists? That there is a devil. In fact, legions of devils who want nothing more than to rip you limb from limb, to strip you of sinew and ligament. to destroy everything that you are, everything that you think you can be, and everything that you and everything that God even thinks that you are. God who has actually the most perfect image of you because, you know, he, he only made you. Do you believe that we're fighting 
the world, the flesh, and the devil. And then most people don't. In fact, even when you tell them, hey, you know, Catholics are fighting against three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they go, I don't even understand what that means. Or they'll look at you and be like, oh, okay. But they got that glassy-eyed stare like, I don't even know what that means. Most people don't understand what's going on. And they've been lied to their whole lives. You got people who are 120 years old who have been lied to their whole lives about what's actually going on in the world. And when I realized that I could see the battlefield as it was, the moment I saw the world as a battlefield, with the world, the flesh, and the devil on one side, and God on the other, and the Catholic Church, the, the eternal Catholic Church, and I could see the battlefield laid out the way it was, suddenly I realized most people can't see that. Most people don't know what these, most people don't look at various scattered news reports as intel reports that should be integrated into an entire tapestry. And that's when I started the podcast. When I realized that I could actually tie those things together so that they were not some woman gets killed in, Miss, in Memphis and then four guys get shot in Chicago. And then Gavin Newsom comes out and says, like, and says that uh, you're not going to be able to plug in your car. So that people would no longer see those stories as separate, but would see them as facets of an entire agenda, not controlled by people, but by the original enemy of mankind, the original liar and murderer from the beginning. That it was a plan developed by him after a manner of speaking, executed by the trillions of fallen, and by the way, Trillions is a correct word for the number of fallen angels. That you don't have to have conspiracy in a spiritual sense. Because conspiracy, or excuse me, you don't have to have a conspiracy in a material sense because you can't not have a conspiracy in a spiritual sense because it is the same demons, the same spirits that are influencing these things in Davos, in DC, in Baltimore, in Seattle, in Ankara, all over the world. Same spirits. And as soon as you see it from that perspective, you can't unsee it because then it doesn't matter if Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates know each other. The devil knows them both. And they're not the ones. I mean, they're the faces of it, but they're not the ones pulling the strings. And in truth, even the devil's only going so far. Devil's still a slave to God. Why is God, God's letting us fall into disaster? Well, I mean, he told us not to. He told us don't do X, Y, and Z. And what have we spent the last hundred years doing? X, Y, and Z. Mostly Z. Oh, you're surprised that the world's going to hell in a handbasket? He said exactly what he said. If you do these things, it's going to go, you, you're going to go to hell. If you do these things, you're going to destroy yourselves. If you do these things, you're doing nothing but betraying everyone that came before. If you do these things again and again and again. The message of Our Lady, stop offending God. I can only hold back his wrath for so long. Well... 
we're getting to the point where she's not going to be able to hold back anymore. And she told us for a hundred years, stop offending God. The church has told us for 2,000 years, don't offend God. Oh, and we want to act surprised. Well, he's letting all this happen. Why is God letting this happen? You're choosing to do it. You have to choose to not stare for a little bit too long at the pretty girl in the sc who's scantily clad. You, pretty girl who's scantily clad, need to put some freaking clothes on. You, boy who thinks he can dance around on TikTok half-naked, get a real job, put some clothes on, and quit depending on that pretty face of yours to get you through life, because eventually, you're going to get old. Oh, and hey, by the way, newsflash, you shouldn't even be thinking along those lines anyway, because that was girl speak from 200 years ago. You wuss cakes, cut your damn hair and go to work. Why is he letting this happen? He's not. You chose it. What a fool I would be if I were laying on the floor of my cell going, why, God, why? Duh. By the way, I say what a fool I would be. What a fool I was. I was laying on the floor of my prison cell screaming, why, God, why? Well, not screaming, crying. How could it be? There's an easy answer. I give it to myself. With what virtue were you living your life that you thought this could never happen? Gird yourself up like a man and answer these questions, young one. You who are sitting there blaming God for being stuck in prison. What did you do to keep from landing right here? Did you keep out of the situation that would allow that accusation to come to pass? Did you not flaunt your own debauchery and degeneracy that it made it believable? Did you think that the people who were making the rules were going to make an exception just for you? What did you do to keep out of that situation? But I didn't commit the crime. But you didn't make it look like you were unimpeachable, did you? You didn't actually live a life of virtue, did you? To which the obvious answer no. So here we are, as a species, months away from collectively crying out to God, going, God, why are you doing this to us? To which, if God were anything like me, would answer something like this. Language warning. Skip 10 seconds. Bitch, please. You did this to yourself. All right, if you skip 10 seconds, then that means you missed me cussing. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I told you to skip 10 seconds. What did you do to protect yourself? What did you do to keep your family safe? What did you do for the salvation of your children? What did you do for the salvation and preservation of your communities? You know what the honest answer is, even among trad circles? Nothing. We did nothing.
We did nothing to prevent this calamity. Our Lady showed up and said, repent and do penance. And what did we do? Nothing. She didn't show up just once. From, from the 1500s till now, she showed up something like 120, 200 times. Around the world, various locations, all sorts of people, every race, creed, color. Well, no, same creed, basically all Catholic. But around the world. Do penance, make reparation, repent and be the believe the gospel. Stop offending God. 500 years she sends this message out. We're, here we are in 2022. We're about to get our booties spanked hard. And when it starts, come next year, people are going to look and go, why did God let this happen? He moved the sun out of the sky. He reminded everybody of it. By the way, for those of you who don't know, 1982, 84, 85, and 86. In Rome. Solar miracle. Color changing sun during mass. I think it was 86. They caught it on camera. So I don't want to hear it. Like he didn't try to intervene. Well, what? Well, the sun changed colors. Well, what was that a callback to? That's an call obvious callback to Fatima. Fatima, repent, do penance, make reparation, pray the rosary, stop offending God. Hello? He wrote it in the sky, and we ignored it. What would you do? <laughs> I mean, seriously, unless I see some kind of miracle, I won't believe. Okay, cool, 1986, what's your excuse? Sun changed colors in Rome. Weird. Weird. It was during Holy Mass. It was during Holy Mass in Trefontaine. Sun changed colors. 82, 85, uh, 82, 84, 85, 86. They might just have been 82, 85, 86. I don't remember. But at least three times during Holy Mass on April 12th, change the color of the sun. Oh, what? The, Oh, dude, that doesn't mean anything. What do you mean that doesn't mean anything? Hey, the whole hall was changed by the rising sun into the color green. Because that's a perfectly normal sunrise color. The sun always rises purple. It's on camera, people. Uh, but it seems to have gotten suppressed. And that is true. It does seem to have been suppressed. 2019, Orem. Cell phone camera footage of the sun strobing in the sky. Hello? What do you need? Crystal clear day. Sun strobing. 2019. When? during a procession of Our Lady of Fatima. Do you need more? Why didn't he come do something about it? Come on, we had Padre Pio. Sister Lucia. The message of Fatima, the message in Akita, the message in Cabejo, in Rwanda. Garabandal. What more did you need? Like, legit, what more do you need? Guadalupe. Buen suceso. Our Lady of Hid. Our Lady of Nak. Our Lady of La Salette. Our Lady of Lourdes. Are you getting, are, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? How many times? How many times does it have to happen before you finally say, you know what, it's weird that I got pictures of 100,000 people looking up at the sky, terrified like they're about to die. Oh, but that was 100 years ago. Those people, 100,000 people are always terrified about to die.
You had your chance. You still have a chance. As long as you're not dead, you still have a chance. And yes, there is literally a 50-50 chance that in five years, you, dear family, you, who are listening to the sound of my voice, there is literally a 50-50 chance that you might be dead. For whatever reason, the American Gestapo comes out and does their job. The IRS, starvation, you didn't prepare enough. You went out and got the jab. Remember, my projections are roughly half of the United States, half to two thirds of the United States of America will be dead in the next five years. That is the projection. So you may not have prepared enough. You may have taken the jab or done X, Y, and Z, or you might step wrong of the law, whoever that law is, be it FBI, ATF, or whoever, whatever. Legitimate or otherwise, who cares? It is literally a 50-50 shot. There is a 30% chance I will still be doing this podcast next year. Why? Because eventually, I have to stop talking, and I have to start doing. And I'm doing in the sidelines, you know, kind of on the sidelines, kind of doing my other stuff on the side here, working a full-time day job. But eventually, I have to shift and make way for this new world. Or the Gestapo might actually come knocking on my door and hauling me off. Am I scared? No. I've already been to prison. Am I afraid of dying? No. I've already been shot at and blown up. The only thing they can really do is piss me off. That's really it. But if they kill me because I'm Catholic, then I win. That's all there is to it. And you have to remember, no matter what happens in the next few years, if you die because you're Catholic, because you are a faithful, orthodox, traditional Catholic, you win. They could cut down your whole family. As long as you are all faithful, orthodox, traditional Catholics, you win. All of you. Crowns of martyrdom for the whole family. Do I think God would let that happen? I think he'd make it known he was displeased. We got a whole Catholic, we've got 12 people all get martyred because they're Catholic. I think he makes it known at that point that he's displeased. Because he's not a big fan of that sort of stuff. I don't know if you noticed. But is it outside the realm of possibility? No. Should you be holding on so tightly to your life? No. That's the winning. You get the crown of martyrdom, you win. That's all there is to it. Anyhow, the hour is late. Time is short. I can't tell you exactly when it's going to happen. I can tell you when the things are going to happen in America. Because those have timelines that are already scheduled. They're put in the laws and legislation. But as to our Lord's timeline, couldn't tell you. But I suspect, and more importantly, I suspect that if I am in fact correct, and it's somewhere in the range of 2029 to 2033, then before 2029, there is no more United States of America. And you have to really take time out to think about what that actually means. Because while not all of my audience is in the United States, most of you are. 
And even if you're not in the United States, I mean, I'm pretty sure India is going to have to think of what it really means for there to be no more United States. What is it going to mean for Europe, for Africa, for Australia, for South America, for Brazil, for there to be no more United States? For those of you in the rest of the world, you understand exactly how serious this really is. Because you may not have always liked us, but you knew for a fact you needed us. So pray. Pray for divine intervention at all levels around the world. Do penance and make reparation. The hour is late. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. Nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.